0: And we are live, Angie. Good evening.
1: Good evening, guys. How are you?
0: Hey, everyone out there. Uh, welcome to episode 14 of the Sasquatch Encounter Brigade um, tonight. Angie's lined us up with a uh, with a wonderful guest that's agreed to be on. Uh, got to see some of the photos that he shared when he sent them over to Angie, and then Angie sent them to me. And Angie, say hello.
1: Hi. Hi, Angie. <laughs> Hey, Rick. Thanks for coming on.
2: Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be on here. Uh,
1: Yeah. Well, before I introduce our guests, I would like to ask our viewers on YouTube if they would help us out and hit the subscribe button below and then come on over to Facebook. uh, Find our group there. You can find us there as the Sasquatch Encounter Brigade podcast. Have a lot of fun in our group. We got uh, Johnny's in the woods all the time posting videos of really cool stuff that he's, you know, finding and capturing at night. Um, we got a Bigfoot festival coming up in November. where We're going to get to be the speakers. We'll be nice. our first festival. So we're going to be, you know, posting stuff about that soon. Uh, we're planning a big group camp out in the spring. It's going to be a whole weekend of fun Bigfoot stuff for just our group members. So we do have a lot of fun. We uh, post stuff to discuss and have a lot of, you know, interaction from our other members. Yeah. And go ahead, Jeff.
0: Yeah, I also wanted to add that uh, Johnny Two Bears recently, I think it was this this past week, um, he did an interview with – Sasquatch Chronicles is that correct Mm -hmm. Angie that's right and uh um you know so uh welcome to all the um people that uh heard his interview there and came over to our our page and and uh liked liked our page and is following what we're doing you know uh Johnny's actually off tonight not squatching he's uh um watching his kids play uh sports you know so that's 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 important you know we all got real real lives and what and whatnot you know so uh but yeah so angie i was down in miami um riding out the hurricane at trump Doral uh national there at the resort you
1: know, yeah we for- was worried about you
0: Nice. oh you know what yeah uh, hey I, I, I was, I was sitting nice and pretty there. I mean, it's a, bo- a, a beautiful resort. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's a, it's a great place. Obviously, obviously, the hurricane went m- uh, more uh, northwest, right, where it made landfall yeah. and whatnot. But when uh, um, uh, Johnny's uh, s- um, interview came out, I was like, man, that's, that's. I mean, I, I know he, he sounded very exciting, excited about all that. You know, I think he did a really, really great job, you know. Obviously, talking about his his long history of uh, of um, having encounters in around his his home, which is you know obviously a very uh, very intriguing you know. Um, and uh, anyways, uh, uh, that's kind of led him down the down this path. And obviously, he and I we met and and whatnot, you know. And then you know uh, then we met you, you know, the, the detail oriented one and. You know and just uh, it, it's neat to see the, the the you know the group uh you know being able to form but you know more important like you said like with that bigfoot festival coming up mm-hmm. um you know we've uh um yeah, johnny's finally kind of ro- kind of you know beat into me as you hey, you know what we need to um because i work in the outdoor you know industry and whatnot <laughs> you know I'll, i have available the use of getting some pretty cool toys and, and, and tools and whatnot. So finally I, you know, I'm like, well, you know, so we have a, a sponsor, ATN, you know, so ATN for folks who don't know in the military, they make a lot of our, um, uh, PBS 14s, our night vision, uh, goggles, you know, a lot of mm-hmm. Marines and soldiers, you know, that's where, that's kind of what we're issued. Right. And, uh, companies, um, uh, believe it or not headquartered in Doral, Miami. Hmm. And, uh, so while I was down there in a hurricane, you know, I, I definitely asked, you know, it's because, uh, Johnny mentioned something about these thermal binos, binoculars, you know, and, uh, sure enough, you know, I got home and got, a, got a box here, you know, which, uh, plan on letting Johnny, uh, check out. These are kind of look like, I hate to say kind of like Luke Skywalker binos, hmm. you know, but I mean, they're, they're, uh. They're binox four T's and uh, you know they got a ra- they got a rangefinder they can record compass um, and uh, you know I played around with it the other night you know uh, film myself walking down the street and uh, <laughs> a couple hundred yards away zoomed in <sighs> on it it's pretty da- it, it's pretty clear um, obviously some you know some thermal scopes as well but anyways I I, th- I think this is something that we'll be able to use out in the field that you you know um and and be able to put put to use and thought that was neat i know john would be excited but anyways let's get back to rick because um you know uh, there's a there's a few pictures that he had shared you know that i'm definitely interested in but rick tell us tell us about yourself and how you got into this
2: well sure first of all i appreciate you guys having me on and um you know it's always nice to share stories talk with uh, fellow squatching brethren and um i'm glad you guys been on the you know, doing podcasts for like a year or so now and, you know it's great to get you know the stories out um comparing notes with people experience any kind of this research and um you know, it's not an exact science so we welcome everybody who approaches us you know seriously you can have some fun with it too um i got into this and in, started in 2010 because i saw something and um uh, you know, I was living in Wisconsin at the time and saw something cross the road. I was with someone else, a business associate. We saw something cross the road and did not know what it was. And I dove in headfirst trying to figure it out. And uh, you know, 12 years later, I'm a BFRO investigator. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of the BFRO, they've been you know, great to me. I've been on a lot of expeditions with them. Uh, and then uh, back in 2014, uh, along with, uh, you know, it was now my LLC partner a friend of mine Hans Wolbreer he lives in Wisconsin does all our creative work we started I know Squatch and so we attend a lot of shows and conferences we got an Etsy store and uh, hmm. we try to we try to depict uh depict Bigfoot and kind of the way people actually encounter it or see it so here's one of the cards so you can see I'll, you know, put yeah. it up. but you can see we've got it peeking around a tree you know <laughs> <Yeah>. that's <laughs> you know nobody does <laughs> that but that's that's how you know i've taken lots of reports and talked to hunters and people in the woods and that's one of the ways it gets depicted you yeah, know yeah. um we don't you know we we talk about i know squatch for people that know i've seen this and you know scratching mm-hmm. their head but no they know when they saw it it wasn't uh it wasn't wildlife I and mean, just w- weren't sure what it was so but know what they had and uh so you know that's my story i continue to research this lead expeditions i'm active with this mm-hmm. um Ongoing, and I, you know, I meet a lot of good people. Who are also uh, along the way had experiences, so that's the best part.
0: Yeah. Now, do you you do not live in Wisconsin currently? No?
2: I do not. I live in Western North Carolina.
0: Okay. Cherokee area or?
2: Yes, uh, Pisgah National Forest near that. Okay. Um, uh, in near Hendersonville, so gotcha. about thirty minutes south of Asheville.
0: Ah, oh, okay. Nice area. Yeah.
1: Well, I met Rick at the Gatlinburg conference. Mm-hmm. I was admiring some t shirts that he had, and I ended up buying a skunk ape t shirt <laughs> from him. And then I bought his um, field guide. It is the uh, field guide to Bigfoot stick structures, I think is the name of it. Yeah. It's in it, fourth edition. It so is. I bought that from him. Yeah. There it
2: is.
0: All and right. I- I'll we'll have to put a link <laughs> put a link up for that, Angie. When we're all done,
2: Rick. So. Yeah, yeah what can I buy
1: the book, Rick?
2: Uh, well, you can go to I Know Squatch on our Etsy store, and it's available there. Okay. And so, Squatch. Angie, just like I talked with you in Gatlinburg, I you know attend conferences, and we'll talk about this. I present quite often about this, and uh, you know, um, we'll be actually be at Westminster, South Carolina, a couple of weeks, but get to talk mm-hmm. about you know some of the things that people see. I've got actual mm-hmm. pictures in here, which is different it's not a bunch of you know sketches on what these are so um
0: yeah
2: it's an area of research that I try to categorize them and it's fascinating stick structures you know regardless of geography coast to coast you see a lot of patterning the same same ones so mm-hmm. I don't know why that is but I have examples
1: so do you, what's your theory on what strict, stick structures are
2: yeah and uh, so i did a field guide it's in its fourth edition i've got some glyphs in the back too which are kind of ground pictures of things too uh that that sasquatch do in both the case of stick structures or glyphs there are patterns um i don't know if it's a language uh i don't you know we one of the most common ones that you see i actually have it on the cover is this x mm-hmm. and so what do we do as humans because we Personalize everything, and we think everything revolves around us. So we think it's an X for us, and it's kind of a warning, stay away sort of thing. I, you know, I, I, you know, no Sasquatch has ever talked to us and told us that's what it means. But you know, I think they are. I think there's signs uh, for each other. So it, you know, it may it may depict a language for themselves. So whether it's an X, an asterisk, or you know, this, they'll do uh, one where they'll have you know, a bend and acute angle break. They're consistently out there, and a lot of these line up with Native American symbols. Mm. Now, I don't, I don't know why that is, but there are similarities. So,
0: well, it is pretty eerie that picture that you just had on the cover of your Fuel Guy there. So, so before we came on, I was telling Angie that uh, um, I'll be going back to uh, Gardner, Montana area first week, November. And I've hunted that area a lot with, uh, with an outfitter and whatnot. And, uh, so this is several years ago, four or five years ago that, uh, you know, I'd already shot an elk and I still had a mule deer tag. So we were, you you know, a lot of all that hunts on, on horseback. And so we're going up to, um, an area where, you know, um, uh, the mule deer would migrate out of the, uh, the high mountains uh, and they get pushed down, from the snow right and it takes a lot of snow to get these big mature mule deer to leave their their little home hiding spot because they know once they come down they're vulnerable but uh me and my my guide we were on horseback and uh we had gotten to this trail and sure enough there's this huge x just like on the cover of your book right and (laughs) uh, and uh so you know we had tied up the horses right near there and then we walked up this trail and i thought oh that x was made by people to mark a trail <laughs> and so then we, yeah it was <laughs> so sure enough when we came back down you know uh you know we were separated a little ways you know but i saw the big x so i said okay well, well i see the x that's where i need to go that's where the horses are you know and uh but i mean then i see this on your book man i was like oh so <laughs> great so so that was gardner montana which is uh really uh the north entrance to the yellowstone you know sure. and, and uh yeah interesting
2: you know and, I'm not, yeah i'm not surprised there's an x and uh an entry point into a forested area uh they'll do that a lot you know some of the x could mean a presence uh, singular presence uh one of them two of them um in native american it means a presence male presence a lot uh, but you see you know, some of the things that i detail out in there are they the x is one of them i, I mentioned the acute angle break break the upside down they uh, arches you see those often quite quite a bit out there where they'll bend a tree over, stick it in the ground, mm-hmm. strip all the leaves and the side twigs and branches off of it. Um, so, that's that's popular. Some of the so nests do you find do you,
0: do you find a lot of those in your area, North Carolina, South Carolina, or or do you hear about the those around the country?
2: Well, so I did a lot of in living in Wisconsin. I did a lot of research up there, um, but I've got pictures from. You know, different points around the united states british columbia places i've been in expeditions people send them to me quite often um mm-hmm. and I, you know i find if, and i've got some of those in my field guide too you know just if i think it's a good depiction of what one of these things you know represents I'll, you know i can put it in there but people will send me things and we'll have discussions about it i was at a show a couple of weeks ago in salem virginia a conference and a couple came up had over 100 acres and. So we were talking about some activity they have in their property, and uh, you know, when I when I talk to people about you know possible Bigfoot activity, I'm kind of looking to check the boxes as I go or or debunk, you know. And um, they were, they were lining up, and next thing you know, they're showing me pictures of some stick structures on their property, and you know, they fall right in line with the categories of what these things are. And you know, they had mm-hmm. big asterisks. They had uh, some very very good um, TP images and. You know, and they're finding these in certain places on their property. Now, I just want, you know, your folks that are tuning in, to uh, one of the things I've learned about this is stick structures are not just, you know, randomly, you know, Joe, you asked, they're not randomly dispersed throughout the woods. You come mm-hmm. upon a group of these all of a sudden, it typically means that you've got Bigfoot or Sasquatch present in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, because, well, when you do come upon them, they'll be there. And I, I had a couple of research areas in Wisconsin. I watched them put them up and over the course of the year in the spring, take them down toward winter even. So, you know, it's an active area is what is the point.
0: So you mean while you were investigating an area, you I mean you physically I mean, you didn't watch them actually build one, did you? You just saw that they were all of a sudden being constructed bit bit by bit.
2: Right. In a, okay. Yeah, in an area where I had other activity. So you sound gotcha. like Cliff Barrick, man. He and I have this discussion all the time. And he's like, Rick, nobody's ever seen a Bigfoot build one of these things. <laughs> there's you know, there's video of Bigfoots tearing bark off of trees mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. moving, bending trees. And so we do know they interact with trees and vegetation in the forest. Yeah. yeah. And, then, you know, I, then I remind Cliff of the videos of him in the nesting areas of the Sasquatch. And I'm like, those are stick structures, Cliff. So, you know, we have this debate all the time and discussion. And, you know, it's a fair question. You know, you don't see them building them, but... If you have a research area where you have activity, you know, they will. I have seen them put these things up over the period of a year, even take them down. Some they'll yeah. leave up, but, you know, they're very they're active in that area. And you, as you, I'd approach an area where these are, you could hear them knock or do whoop noises. Uh, while I was there, if I was taking pictures. I could hear them move. So uh, mm-hmm. they seem to keep an eye on an area that's active where they're building these. Hmm.
0: Remember that. That's a good point. Remember that, Angie.
1: Yeah, I will. Well, Rick, I know that you are a BFRO investigator, and, like, eyewitnesses get in touch with you, and you, um, like, meet with them, and you um, add the reports to the to the BFRO database. Is that what you do?
2: So I'm a card-carrying BFRO person. hmm mm. Yeah, but um, they do. So what happens is they will submit, um, and the BFRO has really the biggest... Database of uh, vetted out sightings, but <laughs> excuse me, people will submit a witness report, and then we pick them up and in a geographic area we can get to talk to people. I was on the phone with another investigator about one today, actually east of here, um, towards Charlotte, and it was fascinating. We were talking about uh, he's in contact with the witness and some of the things that the witness said, and you know you can tell if it's a hoax or mm-hmm. exaggeration, overactive imagination or or if it's legit. And we're always just trying to make sure it's legit. And if I can get out to the witness's property and talk with them, walk the property, see real evidence, you know, that certainly strikes a chord to truth. And so that's what we're trying to do.
1: All right. Um, I know that the BFRO has uh, class, you know, um, classifies the type of sightings, like class A, B, or C. Can right. you tell us a little bit about what each <laughs> class represents?
2: Yeah, so class A, which is the best, you know, if you have a class A sighting, it's legit, you know, and I'll just give you this short because there's a definition with each one of these that the BFRO has put together thoroughly, but if it's a class A, you know it's not a human and it's not a bear. You know, those are the two largest creatures that could be traversing the woods in a bipedal manner. And so if you know that it's not a bear, it's not a human, that you saw and have description beyond that that you know falls in line or validates you know other corroborated Bigfoot description. You know we we know if you see one of the I've had Class A sightings and you know I knew clearly it was not a bear it was not a not a human and I know from description of what I saw um, some of the things that I could you know describe from that it was clearly Bigfoot. Uh, class B is more supporting information I would call it. So, like footprints, audio, um, you know, the Ohio howl is good Class B evidence.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, you can hear the dog barking, you can hear the seven second or so howl, how long it goes, and you know it's Bigfoot. You can, you know we've looked at, listened, to that, looked at it on audacity. We know where that falls you know relative to humans or other animals in the woods and it has its own signature so you know that's good solid you know cast footprints with dermal ridges cast footprints where you can see the toes you can see that you know the toe prints in which you cast you could see that you know the arch in the foot is different than with a human you know you can lay again you're looking at corroborating bigfoot type characteristics Mm -hmm. and and, uh, c class c is really i always like to say you know article in a paper 50 years ago or Something that's been handed down generation to generation. That's useful, you know. Quite honestly, you know, a lot of that stuff. Years ago, people, if they knew of or had a Bigfoot encounter, were, you know, they're afraid to talk about it, you know, because of ridicule. Didn't bring it forward, and uh, but a lot of times there was a report on this, and even police officers would report it. Winds up in a paper. Um, that's good evidence. It's it's still evidence. And it's good, but you know, it's a good classification A, B, and C. And I think. It, Helps us sort it all out.
1: What about a secondhand story? Like we have a guy that um, apparently there's he's his friends and some family members and different people around the area that he lives in have all reported seeing something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Would that be a class
0: C? Uh, yeah, I would say. Kind
1: of come uh, forward uh, with it, but he, you know, he told us about it. Nobody wants to come forward because yeah, it, fear of ridicule.
2: Well, it, yeah, yeah, I would say that's a classy, Angie, to answer your question directly. Um, where you get other people that are also corroborating, it's not groupthink. it's not, you know, we all imagined it, saw it at the same time, and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the story gets, it's like playing a telephone, the story gets better by the time it goes around the room. You know, it's not that kind of a thing. Uh, there's probably something to it, uh, mm-hmm. but, you know, I would say, you know, that'd be great if they'd file a report with the BFRO, someone could go on out, talk to people individually, and, yeah. you know when when all of a sudden the things line up you know person to person mm-hmm. you know maybe there's some good maybe there's some good solid evidence there. You get to class B a footprint stick structures near a house uh, audio you can record you know near a house because one thing about bigfoots is you know they they don't seem to be random they're you know they're patterning you know they're in an area they stay in an area they occupy an area you know they have interactions with folks over time it's crazy
1: creatures of habit
2: I think so. And a lot. I think they repeat in what they do, <laughs> they tend to go back to the same areas a lot, you know, which isn't to say if there's clear cut activity in a forest, you know, they're going to move away. Oh, you know, yeah. Why would, yeah. They're going to they're going to go. But, you know, if they got an area they like. To, and if there's water, I mean, that's a big thing. You know, they're going to follow the waterways. But if they have water and a water source, they're in social groups. You know, I had great advice on this years ago from Native Americans who said to me, there's never one of them. They're always in groups. and. I would say from my research my time in the woods that's true
1: do you think there's ever ever alpha males though that like branch off or, or i should have say males that are like maybe um kicked out of the clan to go start their own clan do you think there's ever rogue males or do you think they all just stay in the clan that they're born into
2: so that's a great question i get you know we could discuss this and Long, it's got me thinking, you know, over experiences of time. So, your first, yeah, there are alpha males. Mm-hmm. Now, there are, in the social order in the group, there's alpha male. Alpha male will, you know, I had an encounter, you know, if you're going to ask me about some of mine, I could go on. But, you mm-hmm. know, and i talked about this with some other interviews. But, you know, I had one in the mountains of Virginia, western part of Virginia, with a group of five Those We were out, and uh, long story short, we had activity above us and a ridge. And, we think they were juveniles because we could hear them talking, but they would follow us as we walked. This went on for a half hour, 45 minutes and it just must've got tedious for the Bigfoots didn't want us around. And the alpha male came down a ravine and uh, three of us saw it. And I mean, alpha male, this thing was by our scaling the next day, going into that area to an eight and nine foot tall, massive. And uh, I I've never seen anything that big, that black and that fast. And you know, Scary. It's difficult. You know, it's hard to, even right now. You know, the hair on your arm stands up thinking about. It. But that was definitely an alpha male, and I think the activity we had earlier was juveniles that were kind of, eh, if you will, following us. They parallel you, sort of thing, but didn't want us around. But we 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 persisted. We're all researchers. We're moving into on the trail further in, and you know, the alpha male came along and kind of got us out of there. You know, that, <laughs> I mean, you know, what did he
1: gonna... do? Just like st- well, stand the trail in front of you, or what?
2: came down a ravine parallel to us and a tree hopped as it came down looked at us and then it ran right across the ravine above us and um i don't know if you've discussed zapping before but you know they give you this uh fight or flight feeling uh you can get feelings of electrical um you know they interfere with your electrical you know if you have walkies or recorders things like that and then you get this feeling this uh fight or flight i got to get out of here for me in that case i I got it but it felt like. you know, a heavy weight on my shoulders, um, it was bad. And then, you know, others, it happened to them too. And we, we did get out of there, but if the alpha male delivered that, it was unpleasant. I've had that happen before when, you know, they've been around, but you know, it's not, it's not a good experience. Um, but to your other question, do I think, you know, the alpha male goes off to start its own, gets pushed out of the group, who knows it's possible. I do believe there's social order with these things. Um, you know, I really do. I, you know, I've taken witness accounts of ones that are white, you know, which and gray, which are possibly the older ones, and they act like they're confused a little bit, and you know, so I, I, in no different than humans. I think they're in different stages of development, maturity, and mm-hmm. uh, they need each other. You know, um, there, I, it was a great report. I've been out with a father and son in Iowa. I've been out on some expeditions years ago, and they were fishing along the along a river and saw the two kids came up, barreling over the top of a cliff above them and are wrestling and playing. And this is right towards, uh, right towards dark. And father and son saw this. They were fishing, you know, minding their own business and watching kids come rambling down the hill playing with each other. They didn't know what they were seeing at the time, but watch this for, you know, several minutes. And all of a sudden a huge scream and what they thought was the mother came to the top of the cliff and yelled, you know, screamed at the two. Then two kids ran up the hill and off they went. So, you know, I could go on and on. I mean, it was a great story in Texas a while ago about a mother, what I would guess is a mother and a father walking across the river carrying the kids. You know, so I, there's family order to these things. And um, so there could be exile. Maybe they move move the one that's, banish the one they don't like anymore. Who knows?
1: <laughs> uh, I just thought maybe, you know, like a lot of the you know, animals, the males, once they reach a certain age, have to, you know, lead the clan and. Move off to you know start their own. So I was all you know just curious about that. Uh, what would you say um, is probably been your, your most exciting research project?
2: Well, you know that's a that's a good question. Um, so I you know one of the things I think is exciting. Uh, I like expeditions. I try to go on you know three or four of them a year. Uh, some years I've made maybe six. I'm on one next month in Kentucky. BFRO group and uh, I've gone to Kentucky on expeditions last couple of years in a row. This has been my third, and every time it's been good. Kentucky is very active, so I mm-hmm. always enjoy that. I like planning and leading expeditions. Uh, last two years, I've led them in the spring in the uh, Blue Ridge Mountains, northern part of South Carolina, which isn't far from me here. I'll be back doing some research in that area in early December with some uh, with a group, so. I like getting out in the field. I, I really enjoy the expeditions, planning the expeditions, being on them, leading groups, uh, night hikes. Um, to me, that you know, that's that's the part, and then the debriefs next day. I really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. I had a research area in Wisconsin in uh, kettle moraine forest. It's about 30 miles or so in length, about seven miles wide, and um, we had we had active groups in there, and I had ongoing interaction with them. I'd you know every week being there, leaving apples and. You know, they'd take them. I knew they were there. They knew when I'd come in. They'd knock when I came in. I'd leave the apples. They whoop and knock when I left. You know, had ongoing interaction with them. So, I learned a lot from that. You know, to me that was that was very exciting. That was great. And I will and I will say without giving away where it is, I have uh, two hab- two habituation witnesses that have them on property, uh. r- right now that I deal with and talk with. Uh, one pretty much every day sends me stuff, and I have learned more from i've been mean, ongoing every day every other day interaction with these things on a on someone's property you can learn a lot i don't even there's so much information i'm not even sure what to do with it but right. you know, i have learned more about these things and i've scratched my head more about these things uh i've been to the properties um you know i've, I've spent spent time there recently i sent you a thermal image uh mm-hmm. you know for talking about tonight that's actually a picture of one of these things peeking around a tree that i got just about a month ago so mm-hmm. I have learned a ton from this from habituation side
1: so you're going to write a book
2: it's a good question i got stacks of notes and data i'm not even sure where to start I, you know i try to do podcasts and talk a little bit about this because i want to on an ongoing basis you know try to get the information out people seem to consume information that way these days and that's why i applaud you guys for doing this yeah. you mentioned sasquatch chronicles earlier it's great you know they let them talk let people talk about what they experience I think all that has a lot of validity. I read the other day, I think there's 680 some odd books on Bigfoot. Wow. So I'm not sure what I add to the quote unquote conversation, which is something people say a lot these days um, on that. I, I certainly got insights on, you know, a lot of the books repeat themselves and same old stories. I don't mm-hmm. think i do any of that. I could talk from, you know, my own experiences, et cetera. I think conferences are good. I like to speak at them. You know, I think sharing what you learn is important. I'm not sure the best vehicle.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, um, can we look at some of the pictures that you sent sure. in there? Yeah. Can yeah, you
2: I'm just kinda tell us about, about it? Yeah, so this one's uh this is good. Now this is um, it's huge. <laughs> um what I like about it is you can see so as you're looking at the picture upper left hand corner, you can see where that's a heavier part of this it was just torn right off the ground and stuffed up through the, the Y fork of the tree that's growing up low this was in an area that we researched. i led an exhibition here in the mountains of south carolina mm. uh, not far from Pisco national forest but uh right alongside a trail entrance and huge and you know we always vet these things out try to i didn't get any scale i actually sent you this one without somebody standing it i have another one with somebody standing it. that's my rule always have for scale somebody standing there. um but this was huge i could stand actually as you you know your listeners and your viewers are looking. I, I could stand underneath that cross member that's there in the center. But what I like about this one is a the scale; it's huge. B you can see the you know the broken end of it and uh, is stuffed up in the air, high to the left, and then the bark has been stripped off. And then they use where the tree in the middle bifurcates off into a Y. They're using that for a basis to stuff the other two members in there in a cross uh, fashion. But you can see the symmetry. There's a balanced X right in the middle of that. Yeah, that's a Bigfoot stick structure. There's, nobody's gonna go in the woods and build this thing <laughs> randomly, you know. Mm. And I'm not sure, you know, a group of people could do this. You know, it's, it's huge. Now, I, you know, I'm, I always debunk, and I know about, you know, snow load in, in the north and uh, downdrafts of wind and you know all that kind of thing that goes on, uh, microbursts and all this. There's no other anything around this because you always look for that you know i've had to sometimes rain on parades of people and say no it's microbursts maybe it's you know thunderstorms came through this there's nothing like that next to this this is right there next to a trail area and it's an area we went back at night we had activity
1: mm-hmm. so
2: uh, i like this one because it's it's a good solid x stuffed right into a middle of fork of a tree that grows up in the base and that's that's a good bigfoot stick structure
1: well rick i may be getting this confused with some uh, someone else I spoke to. But was that one of these trees? You could tell it had been laying on the ground for quite a while. Have I got that mixed up?
2: Uh, you might, because I'm not sure I could say that about
1: that. Okay. Well, I must have that mixed up. Okay. Yeah.
2: But that's not, you know, that doesn't surprise me either. If they Maybe pick something up and stuff it up into a tree for some reason, yeah. which is kind of crazy. Um, now, these are good. There's Scott in one. I sent you one with Scott. Hmm. Um, But this is in an area in Eastern Tennessee where I was on about a year, year and a half ago with Scott. And uh, we had some great activity in one place. I always enjoy getting out with him because he's a good level head. And uh, we, this area that we went back to, and night, we had, he's standing next to a bend um, for no reason was bent up high like that. we thought it was actually an area that kind of had a walkway up a mountainside. And we were in that area, went up at night into it. We were breaking into groups of three. It was cold. We had a fire going down below near a river and we were taking turns hiking up this trail that we had scouted. And where he's standing, that's the area we had scouted, had a, you know, dirt trail, walking trail, went up into this mountain area. And alongside this, as you got up this mountain, there were these stick structures in one area. So we'd take turns sending groups of three up there to walk up into that area and come back down while three stayed down at the fire. And uh, we had some activity up there uh, at night. It's like they were again. It's like where you have stick structures that are around. But uh, first group was up. We're staying in walkie-talkie contact, and they were they they were hearing them. Second wow. group went up, and um, I, you know the group I was in the second group, but we saw something—a black flash about 100 feet below us on the trail, shoot right across. And somewhere I've got a picture I should have sent from that same area, and they took. And laid in the middle of the trail, we were saying the word NAWK with knock, which is friend in Bigfoot speak. Hmm. And if you read fifty years of Bigfoot, um, you know, it really comes out of that. That's one of the, I, I I tend to use some of the vocabulary that's in that book and uh, you know, Mary Green's book, and, and I, I use some of that when I'm out, Janice Carter. I use some of that when I'm out sometimes and talk. And one of the words is friend. So we'll say knock if we think there's activity around knock. And we'll say friend, we're friend. And they had been doing that. Scott and his threesome had done it. Came back, we did the same thing. And we saw this black shadow move across the trail. And then below us on the trail, as we started to come back down, was a pe- two pieces of mountain laurel. And if you know anything about mountain laurel, it's really spiny and wiry. Mm-hmm. And it's like wood, It's hard to break. Mm-hmm. But two pieces about yay ye- long, broken in half, and laid as an X right in the middle of the trail. Wasn't there on the way up. Right below us, right where we saw this black dash of a creature go across. Now, what does that mean? Well, in Cherokee, an X means friend. Hmm. Oh wow! So we we took it that we had, you know, it was a good relationship, and they understood what we were saying. Uh, we took it as a positive, but you know, we had a couple of groups in and out of that same area saying the same thing, and you know they responded which is fascinating but it was in the same area where Scott's standing where we we saw stick structure wow okay uh, the one on the right which you have kind of sideways that's me looking up but that's uh <laughs> that's uh, actually another where you know they've jammed and taken and stuffed things up into where a tree where it bifurcates up and they'll stuff things right into there I'll, you know take a pencil but now, they'll always take the root end and stick it right up high like that into you know where a tree is. and they'll they'll do that. and you know, trees don't fall upside down into <laughs> much higher <laughs> into a tree like. but yeah. that's in the Adirondacks. that's in upstate New York. You know, oh. I was doing some uh, research up there. I was on vacation out with a couple of friends of mine to do a little and we got out into an area and uh, it was a fantastic. I need to get in there at night, but I loved it. but we well, again, Hike miles and miles, we come to one area, and there they are, a bunch of sticks all in one spot. Hmm. And uh, it was fascinating. But I like that one because it's got me in it at least pointing, so you understand yeah. the scale.
1: Thing. I have to do like this to see
2: it. Yeah, <laughs> Okay,
0: now these were interesting.
2: All right, so this is, a yeah, and I appreciate you putting me on to share stories, and I'm going to share a little bit of a story here. But um, So that's the side of my uh, Toyota Tacoma. I now have a Nissan. But uh, a couple of years ago, I'm scouting an area, sort of in the corner of north, really northeast corner of Georgia, southwest corner of North Carolina, northwest corner of South Carolina. If you can follow any of that, it's cl- where that all meets up in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good, there's some river systems in there. It, it, there's some good areas around there, south of Murphy in the mountains. So you look around there. Anyway, long story short, we're looking... It was an expedition, um, we were scouting for an expedition I led last year. So this is uh, this is a little over a year ago. And daytime. And we're, uh, me and another uh, gentleman investigator, we're up uh, back on a two-track, it's a forest road, uh, sort of semi-rainy day, and we got to an area where they were putting in a culvert. And we stopped, got out, walked around a little bit, got back in and started up to proceed. This is about, one o'clock in the afternoon, a little bit light, misty rain, and we're proceeding slowly up this two track further into the woods from the area that had some culvert site construction. But we're back in the woods, you know, a good mile off of a road that doesn't have a lot of activity. And we're in um, National Forest, I won't say exactly where, because I did lead a BFRO investigation in there and I won't give away this, the location. But we're just driving along slowly and we hear bang, and something hits the, the, side of my, the side of my door, back panel of my, the door behind my driver's side, uh, violently hits it hard. And I rolled probably another 100 feet stopped and we were both said, what in the heck was that? Um, got out, backed up and looked and this is what you see leaning up against the side of my truck and the left side as you're facing this picture. Is um, I turned it. Into, I took it home, and sanded it, and made it into a walking stick. But it's a projectile that something javelined into my vehicle out of the woods. And on the right side of this, you can see the bottom of this stick. Stick was about five and a half feet tall. Where it hit right into my car, where it impacted it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it scratched it good. It hit but something through this like a spear, right into my vehicle out of the woods. Mm-hmm wow so you know i i guess we took that you know alarmist sort of thing we got out i looked everywhere around um where it came from it kind of elevated up the woods a little bit there was a wonderful stick structure asterisk type stick structure in the woods about 50 feet back from this um something could have hidden behind that but one of these things through like a spear through this right into my vehicle most probably knew we were scouting or looking into that area maybe was upset about the forest ranger people that were building the culvert there i don't know but we wound up on the brunt end of this and uh, frankly it was you know it's difficult it's scary so you yeah. <laughs> know yeah, i i didn't know what to make of it i mean i took the stick home i sanded it down made it i should <laughs> have it here to show you it's in my garage i made it to a great walking stick um it's a good it's something i take to shows and talk about but i I'm not afraid to say it shook me me up pretty good that day
1: (laughs) i guess so all
2: right yeah so this this is good so on the left there um so that's a picture and maybe you can see but the top of it is the toes i think this is a left footprint so at the very very top of this there's three toes you can see that this is before we cast but i like this because uh the measuring stick that you know one of the investigators i was with had uh, laid it down. You can see this, the heel print is in the bottom and the toes are up on the top. But this is a good, uh, it was a 13-inch, basically, you know, rulery huh? And mm-hmm. this is clearly well beyond that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, narrow foot. What I like about it, too, in the middle, if you look, you know, I mentioned, you know, the arch on a big foot is different, but you can see in the middle of this, it's, you know, the, this is not formed like a human foot. You know, the heel is deeper, the middle is kind of up a little bit at the top, and then the toes at the top, and you can see one, two, three toes, and then the others are kind of under the leaf litter, but um, it's a left foot, a skinny left foot. I thought it was fascinating because it was skinny. This is um, Northwest Georgia in an area we were scouting during the day. It was on an expedition we had earlier this year. Uh, my fellow BFRO uh, expedition leader, Lori Wade led this, but uh, good picture, good deep imprint. That's a good one because sometimes you look at these and you say, you know, what, is that a print? We're not sure. This is a print. You can see this is right down in the dirt.
1: Mm-hmm. It's if not was, just an impression, it's actually a print.
2: You yeah. can see this right down in there, yeah. And uh, so we had some folks cast it, but uh, I like, you know, I sent it to you because I, you just wanted, you know, your folks that are fascinated, want to do any research, always carry something, a measuring stick or something. I use an ax handle sometime but something you can lay down alongside a print when you see it. So, you know, clearly you look at this, you know, it's a good 17 inch print. Um, so I like that and then the depth of it I thought was good, you know. You can learn from that. that is, so something heavy stepped into this.
1: Yeah, you can see the, see the mid-tarsal break.
2: Correct. That's exactly right. Very good, Angie.
1: Yeah. I'm, That's exactly what it is.
2: <laughs> yeah, but that, so that was a good one. On the right of that, um, you were, we were talking about the hoops earlier, and I said how all of a sudden they'll be in one area. So this is uh, in another area, so in the you know, Blue Ridge Mountains area we scouted uh, some of us found this it was all all in one area all by itself and all these these trees are stripped of their side branches stripped of their anything coming off the side some of the bark bent over stuffed into the ground or held down all in one spot almost like a you'd stand out there, as so it looked like something you'd see in, uh, you know a, a disney world universal it's just crazy why was this thing here you know there's so many of them <clears throat> went back to it at night the one group and stood around there and had some really they came back and said they had some really weird feelings in there so like at night like they felt like clearly like something was watching them but almost lost the time and space so, uh, you know some paranormal feeling activity kind of thing from that area but I don't know what that was but you know uh, that was a, a lot of you know the message here. You find something that's really different like that, Scott, and get back to it at night. And mm-hmm. your research, don't be afraid to go back and be there. Um, things happen.
1: Me, Scott, and Billy found something similar to that in Hurd County. Just pin okay. trees, just <laughs> everywhere, and it was just crazy. I had a surreal, peaceful feeling all mm. of a sudden come over me. It was so weird. That's great. Because I was scared to death. It was my first time out uh, <laughs> like that. And well, actually it actually was my second time out, but I was still scared. And all of a sudden, I just felt really at peace and was like, I'm not even scared at all. I'm suddenly feel weird. Like, why? I feel so calm.
2: <laughs> so I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I've had that. The research area I had in Wisconsin there were some times where I'd get back to where I would leave apples and gifts. I'd have that feeling. I'd close my eyes and stand there and I'd feel like, you know, as peaceful and calm as could be. I was on an expedition in Kentucky a couple of years ago with uh, three other guys. We broke into two groups of four. We were in an area where we heard them around. We saw some funny lights low near the ground and I had that feeling come over me and another gentleman who was with me as a professor started to talk and it was almost like he was telling us stuff that was going on around, like it wasn't him coming, it was weird and he was talking about they're here and they're you know so happy we we were saying to him we know you're there and just talk because i always encourage if you're out in the woods and you think they're around you have activity don't be afraid to talk to them well we were saying this is a beautiful spot in the woods thank you and i had a feeling of it was surreal just like you said peacefulness it felt like i was being elevated out of myself up into the air i'm not you know i i can't explain that and i can't say that that kind of thing doesn't happen to me on a regular basis it was extraordinary i don't know what it was but it was like you just said, I don't know. I'm still scratching my head over that. It was,
1: yeah. I it was like for, I was
2: looking down at myself from above.
1: Well, I went for just being like terrified, saying, why am I out here doing this? What is wrong with me? To being like, wow, like I really don't even have anything to be afraid of. Like I'm really loving being here in the middle of this swamp. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was weird. That's crazy. But Yeah. So what would you, what kind of advice would you give to a novice? Oh, I'm sorry. We're still looking at your pictures. No. Go okay. ahead. No, let's go ahead with the pictures.
2: Yeah, I'll make it quick because, you know, you got a couple of them. I sent you a few, but I thank you for asking. Um, <laughs> along the lines of impacting a vehicle. So uh, that's my hand. And what you see on the side of my passenger door on the vehicle is, you see, that's, uh, I put flour on it so you could see. But just above my ring finger there you see one two three vertical like scratch marks another behind that and down the bottom where the door matches you know the bottom of the car the chassis you can see like another scratch along there but we were exiting an area we had uh, um this was in the mountains uh south carolina expedition i had this this past april and we had an area that was very active we had groups in there constantly um and the last night of the expedition, 1.30 in the morning, I went in there with three other people. And uh, we, we parked, um, we were, and we heard whoops and howls and things going on. They were kind of talking to us. But we had a mile to drive back out and uh, followed like an elbow going out a right angle. We came around the right angle, and something smacked the side of my vehicle with all I can think is an open hand. what you're looking at, the scratch marks up above are like cellulose. At least that's what we think it was. And there's a guy with us in the group that was a forensics guy. And that's what he said it was. But you could clearly see the cellulose marks from claws or from hands left right on the side of the vehicle. And, you know, I'm six foot two. My hand's fairly big. But, you know, all the way up on the top there, if those are claw marks or nails from a hand and down the bottom is the thumb or something, that's extraordinarily big, but it was almost like something came out and said, like, we're tired of you people coming back in here and bugging us. We've had enough. And he just, something reached out of the woods while I was driving out, smack the side of my vehicle. Wow. It was so loud. Uh, it, it, it was shocking. I mean, all, all four of us, you know, the whole car, the whole truck jumped. It was just, you know, I don't know what's going on, but I got to stop smacking my car. <laughs> <laughs> this was sent to me. Um, actually, I think I sent this from a um, group this, Group up in uh, Virginia sent this to me. Uh, these people out on their property. I think that's pretty good. I'm just I'm trying to evaluate this one, um, but that's a pretty good teepee structure. And they've got activity in one area. They're 100 acres, and they sent that to me from there. Found that out in the woods one day. But you know that's not random sticks that fall down out of trees and land that way. And these people don't have a bunch of Boy Scouts on a project building something on a campery or anything. So. You know, that looks pretty good. Um, there's a couple other images they sent me that have a pretty good opening, and um, that looks intentionally built.
1: Yeah, do you it's think it's not Big a hunter's
2: blind. blind? They don't have hunters center property, it's not, you know, it's not that.
1: Do you think Bigfoot builds those though to use as a blind for hunting, or do you think it's some kind of a shelter? People call them shelters, but to me, that's not very much of a shelter.
2: I agree with you on that. Um, they may hunt out of them. That's very possible. Uh, you know, I've seen. I try to look for commonality in the direction. How is it built? Where's the opening? Do the openings show on one direction? Like, is it always to the south? Is the opening on the opposite side of a side that is into the wind to give them some shelter from breeze or wind? You know, mm-hmm. I can't make sense of this in, entirely. I'm not sure. I saw a couple of these built once. Uh, a couple hundred feet up above, on uh, up against t- some other trees. So they were above a horse trail, and they built these almost like they, so they could have coverage and they could sit in there and watch people go by on horses below. So maybe it's cover, you know, just try to cover them at different times of the year so it can't be seen. I don't know. I've, a couple of these I've come upon uh, other things in there. So things that have been gathered. You know that funny blue tarp? that you see out there that, you know, is used. it's the same blue all the time that's used in tarps. Um, I've seen pieces of that gathered up inside these, uh, hmm. insulation. Um, you know, so I think they collect things, grab things, blown away, and they put them inside. So it is something they revisit and go back to, you know, time to time to time. And I agree, it's not the greatest shelter, but they do do it.
1: Yeah.
2: Now, the image you just brought up here, too, um, so... That's a thermal hit. Um, <clears throat> I got at a property where I've got witness has them on his property, so this isn't even debatable. We think there's a mother, two kids, and an old one. And the old one, he has the witness has seen nine foot tall, uh, grayish white gray. So we are looking at in the middle are two trees. Um, the red is the ground, and you see the base of the trees coming up it mm-hmm. had rained that day there's foliage if i had another if i gave you another picture you would see the foliage is kind of covering all this and the two trees are just barely coming forward and the foliage foliage is wet but we are we heard noise here and this i took this picture about 2 30 in the morning um and i was just snapping pictures with my thermal and i had it on that blue and red filter and we got looking at this but right in the center that's a face and the face is looking around the tree on the right. And it kind of has a Mr. Magoo type face. You know, the mouth is open. You can mm-hmm. see the white nose protruding and the two eyes above it, which are recessed a little. But you can see the open mouth. It's kind of as it's looking. But it's peeking around that tree and looking at us. And just so you don't think I'm nuts, I'm trying to see something that isn't there. I do have the, uh, the pictures of the foliage and everything. That's not there. That's not foliage because there's foliage up and down in between these trees. But within a few minutes of getting that shot, I didn't know I had it. I was randomly taking it, pictures and it because we had heard some noises we were looking at. it. And this is only about 50 feet away. Whatever was back in there all of a sudden must have set, decided I've had enough of you guys. And he got, uh, I'm saying he, but I think it's a grandpa kind of thing. He all of a sudden started to push trees down and stomp up and down on the ground, through a whole tantrum fit kind of thing and thrash around in the woods. and. The three of us that were at the back of this, you know, the witness's property and gathered around. We had a fire center. We said, "All right, that's enough. We're out of here." But you know, he clearly got irritated with us. But he was peeking around that tree just behind the foliage, and I, my thermal, got a picture of
1: him. Wow, I can see it for sure. Yeah,
2: there's a, and the mouth—it's like the mouth is open, and he's looking. Around the tree, out of you can see the two eyes and the nose. Protruding. So the mouth on
1: this one's open. The it looks like the one that Johnny got a picture of. It looks like its mouth's open, and really? then I think Scott Carpenter just shared one, not too long ago, and he, his mouth was its mouth was open. You can even see its teeth.
2: Wow. That's so true. and
1: he was I, I'm pretty sure it was Scott Carpenter saying that he thought it was actually probably use
2: an infrasound well that's fascinating the mouth
1: was open so i'm just you know it's just is it coincidental their mouths are always open well not always but often
2: so it's, it's just you know it brings important. it maybe you know the infrasound when they're happy and they give you that infrasound hit maybe it's mouth driven scott's you know scott's friend of mine i've been on expeditions with him <laughs> he knows a ton from experience in the woods i would say that you know that's a good theory based on experience mm-hmm. That's great. Well, we got out of there after this, so it definitely gave us a heebie jeebies. And, yeah. and like I said, it's th- it thrashed all around, but uh, we think it was the old one. We measured the height later on that It's up close to nine feet at the top. Wow.
0: Hmm.
1: Any more pictures? John? No,
0: that's that's that was the last one, Angie. Okay.
1: That, so I guess it's the, the one with the orb.
2: Yeah, that's fine. Cool. All right, well, great. I appreciate you, you know, talking about some of these with me. It's great. You
1: can tell us about the orb.
2: Well, yeah, so I'll tell you about, yeah. I guess I'll make it quick. Orbs. I went a few years where I didn't see any. People say they see them in the woods. I've heard folks say Native American spirits, maybe. Do orbs happen around Bigfoots when you have Bigfoot activity? my experience, I'd say yes, it does. Mm -hmm. Have I seen orbs? when we've had Bigfoot activity? Yes. I saw an orb when I had a class A sighting once. I wasn't wow. the only one that had the class A at that time. It was someone else did. Um, three times this year I've been out on research and seen orbs after not seeing it for a couple of years. One of them followed four of us up a trail, could see it, looked back at it, saw it coming up the trail, went behind the trees, was following a stream bed below us, but like it had intelligence.
0: What what time what, what what time of day was this? Day daylight. Uh,
2: 1 in the morning maybe.
0: Okay, so late at night.
2: Yeah, okay. but I saw it like it had intelligence. Watched it move right along the path behind us. It was you know back hundred and fifty feet behind us, moving along. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, you know I don't know. I had uh, a few weeks ago I was uh, out with uh, some other investigators, uh, southwestern part of Tennessee, Ocoee, area up in the mountains and uh, wet rainy night we had, sometimes we'll sit and disperse as we sit to look at different areas and ravines and things above us and i watched an orb for about five seconds coming down through the woods above us i was talking to the group i said there's an orb i see it up there it's at my 10 o'clock it's moving down just went behind a tree it's coming down up so it went out i watched it for five seconds easy you know i don't know what that's all about you know or how that happens are they manipulating energy are they using energy is it a way in you know, like a periscope to see around the bend or something? i don't know
1: yeah but
2: i don't know what you think angie but you know it's you know you, it seems like they have some intelligence
1: well the one that we saw um at the okie finokee swamp last winter it circled us just like it was checking us out and then it dropped down when it crossed the road and then it floated out of sight. And then not long after that, we started having Bigfoot activity.
2: Yep. And,
1: you know, eventually we got growled at and then saw huge eye shine and it came on into camp. So we had to get out of there. So it was just like it was counting us or, or you know, seeing what they were dealing with. And I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, don't, know. I don't know either.
2: You know, you said counting and so. <laughs> I don't know. I had a group years ago in uh, northernmost Wisconsin, and we had activity in a gravel pit uh, area that we went to night after night. And, you know, they were tossing rocks down from above the gravel pit. But I had a big group and I was with another um, investigator uh, from Michigan, uh, Jim Sherman. But we it's kind of funny because I didn't say anything about that. And I watched an orb come out of the woods above the tree line and kind of circle this whole area. This mm-hmm. group and the group was watching the top of this, you know, rise above the gravel pit because there was activity. I didn't say anything. And a year or so later, I was in UP in Michigan and I was speaking at a conference up there. He was too. And we got talking in front of a group about the orb subject came up. And I started to mention, he goes, I saw that too. Same time, same night. And I said, Why didn't you say anything? He goes, I, ah, it's, it's, paranormal is weird how do i explain i I said i didn't say anything either i had the same thought pattern you know you don't know what to do so but it's real and people see this and i don't know why it happens but it does happen around these things
1: i'm just thankful we saw the orb but i mean because it just solidified to us i mean is yes it's they're connected i don't well I i don't know if they're connected but i don't know i just don't even have an opinion really
2: (laughs) yeah i don't know what it is um you know i had a group uh, out one night i led a group uh, (coughs) expedition i was on earlier this year and there was a clear cut like a dove field up on top of a mountain and uh, across this field 200 yards saw an orb told the group about it next day bigger group sent a different group up there the following night they went up came back saw the same different people saw the same orb across the same field we debunked this every which way to Tuesday, starlight and, you know, in the distance cityscape, not, nothing, nothing, nothing. Why does it, you know, and same thing moved around, you know, moved a little different to the second when the second group's up, but why, you know, I say creatures of habit, if they're doing this kind mm-hmm. of thing, why do they do it? You know, I, are they viewing us, counting us, who knows, but yeah. it happens.
0: Hmm. Mm. You know, um, so Johnny two bears, I mean, I think his whole situation Um, in this Bigfoot, you know, rabbit hole. It started off, right, Angie, with orbs.
1: That's right.
0: uh, Yeah, they're uh, in his home, you know, and then (laughs) shortly after that. He He the Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah, so, huh, interesting.
2: Well,
1: well, Rick, what kind of advice would you give to a novice field researcher um, such as myself?
2: Well, you're not a novice anymore. You're starting to get out and do it. So you're. (laughs) Well, I'm. I don't know how long novice hangs on it, (laughs) but uh, uh, so this is going to sound basic, but you got to be careful. Um, I think. So there's right and wrong ways of doing this. You know, it's not an exact science. uh, Clearly, it's not recognized science. Um, We're all amateur researchers, um, but. A couple of things I say is, one, be careful. Whatever you do out there, you know, we don't know everything about this. You know, the media treats it like it's a joke. The government doesn't acknowledge it. You know, they're still working around with UFOs now being UAPs. So by the time they get to the acknowledging it, you know, it'll come. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, and I, and I have sympathy for <coughs> government or government agency. How the heck are they going to acknowledge this? They don't know everything about it. We don't. But you got to be careful when you're out there. If you don't know everything about an entity you're researching, who knows what could go wrong? Be careful, you know. Um and I don't want to spook people but read the 411 books and you know, get some under I don't know what this is all about. People disappear in the woods. Sometimes you get disoriented around these things. I w- so the second thing is I would never do it alone. Yeah. I- I'm not a big fan of marching around in the woods by myself, especially if there's Bigfoot activity in the area. And number three, you know, if you watch uh, Finding Bigfoot, Expedition Bigfoot a little better about it. Although they're running around with white lights on and shining white lights at everything. I, I talked to some of them at the Gatlinburg at the conference. I'm like, what do you people run around with these white lights all over the place for? You know, stop, you know. But she always uses red lights. But, mm-hmm. you know, provocation... You know, finding bigfoot would run around out there and they'd be playing whale sounds and banging on drums and yelling and screaming and, mm-hmm. you know i don't think that does anything except irritate these things you know mm-hmm. uh, if we're in there if you happen to be lucky enough to be in their backyard all of a sudden one night or one day and you start acting up like that you know what would you do if somebody shows up in your backyard or your living room was beating on stuff knocking making whoop noises like yelling and seven minute mm-hmm. howls you know i you know i'd have at it so you get what with these things you kind of get what you give yeah (laughs) you got to be careful
1: so it seems like sometimes ignorance is bliss too like before you know about these creatures and learn some of the signs and sounds and stuff you just kind of don't realize what is can be right close to you in the woods but once you learn the signs and stuff to look for and what to listen for. I don't know if it's that or if it's actually like once you believe or something and you're out looking for them, it's almost like they'll show themselves, not show themselves literally, but will you a lot of stuff will be revealed.
2: Yeah. That's crazy thing about it. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I had COVID like six weeks ago. I still got that stupid residual cough. Anyway, um, if you show interest in them and you care about this, you know, the Native Americans say, you know, they'll if there's genuine interest, they, I think these things understand intent. You know, I play harmonica sometimes when I'm out in the woods and Native Americans say if you do something musical or you do something, you know, with passion that you enjoy, you know, they like that. They'll come around kind of thing. But if you have, if they come around, and they interact and it's a polite interaction, that's great. When it's time to go, it's time to go. You know you'll know they yeah. they've had enough of you it's time to go
1: when you get grilled growled at, it's time to got to you go.
2: get the heck out of there. <laughs> yeah I, I wouldn't be pushing that i've been yeah. growled at a bunch of times and that <clears throat> it's time to go pack up let's get the heck out of here you know you know when it's time to go i mean you really do i, I was in a situation with a guy i did some research in years ago in wisconsin with 330 in the morning i took him into an area i knew they were and we were there were so many of them around us we could hear them they triangulated got all around us we could hear them uh we could hear what would have been an alpha down the trail yelling at the other ones kind of they all deployed all around us and half hour or so it was still very polite it was kind of like I'd say something they'd say I'd make a whoop noise they'd make a whoop noise. I'd whistle they'd whistle everything was great and then all of a sudden it was like a veil right over us. just got pulled over it was like a shade it was pulled right down all right done and the guy I was with said to me, "We got to get out of here." I'm like, "Yeah, we got to go." And they parallel those all the way out of the woods. But when they're done with you, they're done with you. If you're lucky enough to be around them and have patience, they're not throwing rocks at you, pushing trees over. You got to honor that, and you got to go when when it's time mm-hmm. to go. when it feels like it's time to go. Go.
1: Yeah. Well, Rick, is there anything else you would like to to add or talk about?
2: Um, you know, I you know, I, if people have. You know, Not everything, I guess, too, not everything in the woods is Bigfoot, obviously, you know, and sometimes people want it to be Bigfoot and everything, but you just be honest with yourself uh, out there and it's okay. Sometimes it's like, it's like fishing, sometimes you catch fish, sometimes you don't, but be careful. If you do have by chance a Bigfoot encounter or think it's Bigfoot activity, seek out someone who's an investigator, or, you know, to, and don't be afraid to talk about it. Um, you know, I think years ago there was a lot of we were talking before a podcast, there was a lot of ridicule if you. Saw or heard or any of this type of stuff, but I don't think it's as much that way anymore. Yeah,
1: there's you know, don't be afraid to come forward now,
2: right? Right, coming forward is important, and <laughs> don't be afraid to talk about it. We're still learning. Um, yeah, you know, I'm just fortunate enough to have a lot of experiences with this. I certainly don't know everything about this. Keep an open mind uh, when you're out there, and you know, be yeah. careful, and and then keep a diary, keep a log on things, you know, um, yeah. on your experiences. I got lots of notes. And, Try to so. try to keep track of, it. and you build up a knowledge base over time. And as you interact with people, go to the conferences. You mentioned something like that earlier. Conference earlier. Go to the conferences. Rub elbows with people. Talk to people about this. We're all trying to learn, but you learn from each other's experiences on this thing. It's you know, and then read. You know, there's a lot of good books out there. Some of them are kind of a lot of stuff on the internet that can get crazy and hoaxy type of stuff. Yeah.
0: But,
2: yeah. You know, and a lot of and there's a lot of off pictures all the time. I get stuff sent to me, and I'm looking. I'm like, eh, I don't think so you know, you can tell it's been computer generated and all that. Just be careful. But okay. uh, keep a good, healthy skeptic's mind. And, uh, you know, if you do have an, have an experience, don't be afraid to share it with somebody. Yeah. And then if you're interested in I Know Squatch, we have an Etsy store. You know, get out there. We sell a lot of shirts and hats and merchandise. Um, my, you know, my field guide on stick structures is there. Mm-hmm. And certainly, um, you know, if people have stick structures and want me to take a look at or evaluate, they can send it to me at r whoop, W-H-O-O-P, at gmail.com. I'm glad to look at it and uh, give you what I think.
0: Man, Rick, thank you so much. Yeah, so we did have a good com- We had a comment from a listener, Bayou Flats, said people see them all the time in daylight like ghosts. What uh, what rule book says it has to be dark? Um, so it made me think of my, of my two... Uh, um, sightings because both hmm. of them were were um in the afternoon you know daylight hmm. so unlike but you know what people see on tv um uh, all these people running around at one two o'clock in the morning with uh you know with with like you said like the white light the red lights i mean i and i saw one through a spot and scope at what you know about 1400 yards hmm. um Uh, and then, you know, Johnny and I saw one and like, I, I say danger close, um, you know, in the military term, you know, like that's inside 60 meters, I mean, uh, we, we, we could call, call the, an artillery strike on our location, you know, and, 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 and smoke one of these things, but I mean, it was that close and it was, you know, and it was in the afternoon again, you know, um, so, um, yeah, very interesting that it was, you know, daytime, you know, um, I, I know Johnny has a lot of activity around his place and it's at night, you know, um, perhaps, you know, they just feel comfortable approaching, you know, like his his homestead at night, you know, or perhaps they're having to travel a distance. Oh,
1: he's on to them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. You know,
1: they know he knows. <laughs>
0: yeah it it it's it, it, it's it's cat it's a cat and mouse game. Whenever you listen to his his type stories, and I'm not sure, like you know, you said you're you're communicating and talking with some homeowners, right? Property owners that that have some on their properties too, you know. So it, it, I'm curious if their activities are more um, in the in the evening night night hours, just because they feel more comfortable, or could it be I don't know. I mean, perhaps well, you can you can expand on that.
2: Well, yeah. Um, so the, the answer to that is uh, I, they are seen during the day and these things are, not, you know, they're nocturnal. But I think during the day, you know, they have sentries or some that are always looking out for the others. But they move during the day, just like at night. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I have a couple witnesses that have property. I'm on their property. Um, there's been sightings on their property during the day. You know, uh, the one witness saw one went down to a spot down in the woods behind his place where he's got the shooting range, and he's had some exchanges with these things, and he was calling down early one morning, and there one was looking around a tree. Uh, So he had some kids that were playing on the property, running down the woods in the clearing where he he has a range, and they came back describing what they saw. So, you know, those are daytime things. He's had – he leaves things out for them, um, toys and other things. They'll move them around during the day. You know, he documented that. So – you know, you know, like you're saying, Joe, I think these things are active day and night. Yeah. And, you know, they live in the woods, and they watch out for each other, so why wouldn't they be? Yeah. Yeah. All
1: right.
2: All right. Well, Great Rick, stuff, Rick, thank you so no, much. Recommend. Well, thank you, everybody.
1: your day to come on our show and share with us your experience and some knowledge. And um, as you wrote on my field guide when I bought it from you, stick – just watching.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Andy. No, I I'm glad you looked at that and, and you read that. In any of these shows, I'll be in uh, Westminster, South Carolina in a couple of weeks and then up at CryptidCon in Lexington, Kentucky in November. So we'll be at that. And wow. so I'd love to you know, chat with anybody that's going to be attending any of those. They're great shows. And uh, yeah. feel free to come on by and we'll talk.
1: Yeah, Rick is very approachable, and he's very friendly to talk to. Well, thank
0: so. you. Outstanding, yeah. Rick well thank you for being on this, tonight you know well, thank you for I,
2: having me you know it, 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 you guys are doing important work you know getting this out and uh, you know getting you'll get more and more followers okay. wanting to learn about it and you know keep it open keep an it open you mind still there? On this. i'm here
0: yeah, yeah i think well, rick kind of froze up there maybe that's uh maybe no, that's he's a not
1: frozen on my end
0: oh he's not okay good, yeah. <laughs> good. <laughs> all, all right, right guys. Sorry, Rick. well thank you all so well, much rick you. and then Thanks uh you know Yep. Folks, uh, check out uh, Rick's stuff and go up and meet him at, at a show. Well, thank you, Angie. Absolutely. All right. You thank guys have you. a good evening. We're signing off. Pre- All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye. Bye, Joe.
0: Bye-bye.